Welcome to the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer you actionable steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I'm a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. This podcast is proud to partner with Aversio Wellness, where there is a mushroom for every moment, especially when it comes to hormonal balance. Their quality and purity is unmatched, but their golden ticket, the reason why I love them, is their high extraction so that you don't have to take a thousand pills to reach a therapeutic dosage. Let's dive on in. Ladies, I had the best conversation with our guest today, and I am so excited for you to hear from him. So I got to talk with Josh Deck, who is an ex-paramedic, holistic nutritionist, gut specialist, and medical lecturer. He basically specializes in everything to do with the gut connection. He lives in Calgary, Alberta, but he also works with clients all over the world to help them naturally repair their gut and stay healthy. He's had incredible success in helping people reverse ulcerative colitis, and this has allowed him to work with some of the world's most renowned doctors and medical professionals. He is also the host of the Reversible podcast, and we talked about so many good things in here. Root cause of ulcerative colitis, what are the biggest triggers that he sees for gut issues, IBS, IBD. Um, we even talked about a parasite that will actually change the fear center in your brain. It was a really, really good episode. I'm so excited for you to dive in. Please don't forget that you can join the giveaway. You get to choose your choice of an Aversio mushroom blend and or a capsule no and a capsule so you can choose your capsule and a mushroom blend this is how you win we're going to do a drawing every single month you can go to the podcast on apple balancing hormones naturally you're listening to it so i'm sure you know the title of it and you can rate and review the podcast if you've already done that and you want another chance to win you can share the episode that you're listening to to your stories and share why you love it tagging um the podcast or my personal Instagram. So the podcast is Balancing Hormones Naturally, or you can do my personal, which is Leah, L-E-A-H underscore B-R-U-E-G. I will tell you, if you have a private Instagram account, you will have to screenshot the story and send it to me in a DM because if it's a private account, I actually won't see it and then I won't be able to enter you. So of course you want to make sure that you are entered. We will be doing the drawing um, the first week of every month. So this drawing for this month will be the first week in February and I'm excited for you. Good luck. Ladies, you do not have to choose between non-toxic skincare and anti-aging skincare. You can absolutely 100% have both. If you've been looking for a skincare product that can effectively combat aging and wrinkles and help restore the appearance of youth to your skin, then you want what I've been using. I've been using Purity Woods Age-Defying Dream Cream and their Night Cream. And you guys know that I love mushrooms, right? So why not add mushrooms to my skincare? And that is exactly what Purity Woods 
has done. So their star ingredient is the maple leaf extract. Maple leaves contain anti-inflammatory antioxidants and hydrating properties. This is the one that helps your body not break down elastin. So it makes your skin look very plump and bright. It's very nourishing. It helps soothe irritated or inflamed skin. And then my personal favorite ingredient is, ding, 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 the tremella mushroom. This is in their night cream and tremella mushroom is more hydrating than hyaluronic acid so literally can can we get any better than that you will absolutely love these if you want your skin to have that bouncy lush plump feeling and just be super duper hydrated but without any of those nasty hormone disrupting ingredients they absolutely have no scent to them so if you're someone who is very sensitive to scent you're going to really, really like this. Turn back time on the appearance of your skin with Purity Woods Age Defying Dream Cream. Purity Woods is currently offering 17% off, but you can also add an additional 10% off discount by being a listener of the podcast for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com slash Leah or enter code Leah at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. That's P-U-R-I-T-Y-W-O-O-D-S dot com and enter the code Leah, L-E-A-H for a total of 27% off your first order. Hey, Josh, welcome I am so excited to have you on and talk about some gut stuff. So I know everyone already listened to the intro, so they know a little bit about you. But can you, in your own words, tell us how you went from being a paramedic to talking about gut stuff all the time? Yeah, it was an interesting transition looking back. It was a lot of happy accidents. My life is kind of just a Bob Ross life, happy accident here and there. <laughs> and so, like you said, I used to be a paramedic. And that was when I was 19, 20, 21. And so I loved it. That's what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to be there helping people. But it was interesting. I realized very quickly, as anybody in the functional medicine space can attest to, I was working in sick care, not health care. Yeah. And, right, it's just not what I wanted to do. You know, and I found myself very quickly realizing that I became a glorified taxi for the ill and the elderly. Minus the odd trauma, I would say I did a lot less trauma than I did medical calls. Most calls were medical. Really? Pain, generally unwell. Yeah, respiratory issues, strokes, heart disease, these types of things. And what I do is I pick them up, I take them to the hospital, and we drop them off, and the doctor would give them more of the same medication or change the medication, send them home, and we would repeat the process until they stopped calling because they died. Oh. And so, oh yeah, I mean, it's a natural course of things. You yeah. have a chest pain call for the same person every three weeks. It's, they're bound to go downhill quickly. Yeah. And I just, I didn't want to do that. It wasn't what I wanted. And through, again, happy accidents, I meant to transfer my license from across Canada, but transferring was difficult. I thought, well, I'll pick up personal training. It's what I mm-hmm. love to do. I've been in the fitness space for years. And one of the women who started with me early in my career, my early 20s, one of my first clients, her name was Lynn. And Lynn came to see me. She was on 17 pills and insulin for breakfast. Wow. She has wow. nine pills and insulin for bedtime. She had some stuff she'd take during the day. So 26 to 30 pills. She had a CPAP machine. She had high blood pressure. She was on the disability list at work. She had all these different issues that she was dealing with. Her health was just, you know, steady decline. And through about two years, she was 57 when she came to see me. And by age 59, I looked at her. I said, Lynn. How much do you trust me? She goes, well, I trust you. I said, great. 
signed this. And so I just slipped this anonymous piece of paper. She signed your name. I said, great. We got to get you a singlet, a belt, a blah, blah, blah. And I put her into her first powerlifting competition at age 59, going from this dire health situation she was in. At age 59, she ended up breaking her first world record as a weightlifter in the raw powerlifting division. Whoa. And so, yeah, it just really like blew my mind and opened my eyes to what the body is capable of. This is my early 20s. And she kept breaking records for the next few years till she was, you know, about 62 when she retired. And it was really cool to see. She was off all but two medications just because of a surgery she had done. They were a necessary mm-hmm. thing. Um, but she didn't need CPAP. She was perfectly fine. Her energy was better than it was for the last 30 years when she was half her age. Everything improved. You know, her eyes, she had to get her prescription changed because her eyesight improved as her diabetes went away. Yeah. And so it was just so much we saw improving. I thought, well, there's something cool to this. And so I started studying and listening, going to lectures and events. And again, a happy accident, one of the side jobs that I had had. I was uh, what we call the padded attacker. And so I worked for a self-defense general population. We'd go through some scenarios. I'd put on this big blue Michelin man suit. And I'd walk onto a mat and pick people up and drop them down. I wrestled and grappled for years. And so just to, you know, learn the self-defense stuff. And I was yeah. at these events during a trade show. And there was somebody speaking about the gut and gut biome. And it just caught me. I thought, that is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And yeah. I was hook, line, and sinker. I went back to school, became a nutritionist, and the rest is history. And now I specialize in Crohn's and colitis. Uh, yeah, I saw that, which is, that's a tough one to crack, you know? I feel like once people head down that route, it's, I, I think it's hard for them sometimes to stray from conventional medicine because once they get that diagnosis, you know, they feel like they're, they're stuck there a little bit and they think they need this medication to even have any sort of semblance of a quality of life. So I love that you are working in that space. So let's talk about the gut a little bit. Um, you have some fun little tidbits on it on your website and sprinkled all through your podcast. So, um, why should we care about the gut that much? The gut is so much. And I'll preface this whole conversation. It's interesting. You know, it's hard, like you said, for people to stray away from conventional medicine, which obviously your listeners are already doing. That's yes. why, they, why they want to listen to what you have to say. And the same thing goes with the gut. There's no disease, no process, no breakdown. A disease is just a diagnosis of symptoms. Symptoms are a sign of breakdown. And if you can get to the root of what caused it to break down, your body will heal itself. Even Crohn's and colitis, we can reverse 15, 20 years of of IBD in a couple of weeks for the most part. If we get the root cause properly, there are some that are more complicated. So using that to preface why is the gut important and what is around it, understand your gut's at the center of everything. And if you address it properly, it can heal very, very quickly. And so we look at the gut. One of my favorite things to talk about is the biome. These stats, kind of, they still, I've been doing this for years and it still blows my mind. You know, if we look at the human body, we have about 10 trillion cells in our entire body. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, I, I can't count that high, you know? <laughs> and we look at the gut, we have about 100 trillion bacteria. So they outnumber our own body cells 10 to 1. And even the genetic material, there's 23,000, maybe 25,000 genes that make up the human genome. Our gut bacteria has over 3 million genes. That's and a so lot. They start, it's 130 times more. Yeah. Right? So imagine, like, Leah, when you look in the mirror, you're like, oh, that's me. Mm-mm. 
20 to 30 percent of that is you the rest is like bacteria and parasites and <laughs> microbes it's kind of disgusting when you think about yeah it. walking sack full of bugs <laughs> it's really what we are and when we look at it your gut is connected to everything right i mean that genetic material does things up to 90% of your neurotransmitters are made inside of your gut. If we look at your immune system, 70 to 90% comes from your gut. That's where your B cells and T cells and all these immune cells, they grow and they're matured and they live there. It's connected to your lymphatic system and your bloodstream, which is a super highway around the body. Your gut bacteria produce certain vitamins like B vitamins, vitamin K. Mm -hmm. uh, they help balance out hormones. They can cause mm -hmm. other issues. If you have a lot of toxins building up and bad bacteria growing in your gut, you have these imbalances, they produce enzymes that can recirculate all kinds of hormones and estrogens and, you know, yeah. mess with your bile absorption and all kinds of stuff. So your gut, when I say, I argue it's as important or more important than your DNA, I quite literally mean it. We have more of it than our own cells and it does everything. There's nothing in our body that is not in some way integrated with our gut. So much so, Leah, that 93% of the leading causes of death as per the CDC are gut connected in some way, shape, or form. The other 7% are suicide, homicide, accidents, injuries, which means that every leading cause of death that we're calling a normal cause of death is by no means normal. Mm. Ooh, let's sit on that stat for a second because I think it's so interesting when you're talking about root cause. And I think there's, I do think there's a few different ways to skin a cat because it's so interesting to trace back like what came first the chicken or the egg it's like do we have gut issues because you're stressed do you have gut issues because you like eat too much fast food do you have gut issues because your genetics set you up for something do you have gut issues because you just don't eat enough food like you know so it's so crazy how everything is interlinked and it's not just it's not just one thing that's affecting your health which I feel like I don't know, can be comforting because, you know, it's not just one bad choice, but it's also, I think, frustrating <laughs> because it's not one thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where Western medicine really goes wrong is they have specialties. They have an endocrinologist who just looks at hormones and hormone glands. Mm -hmm. You have a GI doctor who just looks at the intestines and mm -hmm. the intestinal organs, digestive organs. You have, uh, you have a doctor for everything, right? Yeah. But there are no doctors, really, unless they're functional practitioners who look at all organs and their interconnections, right? Yeah. And all these specialties treat individual organs and systems as if they live inside of a box, that mm -hmm. this organ is just the organ. You have a thyroid problem, well, it's just your thyroid gland. Or my favorite one, classic, is they measure for a low thyroid TSH. Well, that's a pituitary hormone. Oh, I know. Your thyroid's low, so here's some Synthroid. Well, up to 40% of your inactive to active thyroid is converted between your gut and your liver, which also talk to each other. Like, it's just so much more to it. And mm -hmm. it's once we start looking at it, it can be overwhelming. But, mm -hmm. like you said, very encouraging to know it's not one bad choice. It's not just my genetics. As I'm sure you've said before, common idiom is that genetics load the yep. gut. Other things, mm -hmm. lifestyles, traumas, whatever it is, insults mm -hmm. pull the trigger. And mm -hmm. so really, if you have the right mindset and the right tools, it's very empowering to know, wait a minute, mm -hmm. I can fix this. And mm -hmm. that's what really we want people to understand. Yeah. 
Hey ladies, so it's sick season, right? And you might be reaching for vitamin C a little bit more. Turn your bottle over and look at the ingredients and see what type of vitamin C you are actually consuming. The one that we have in our house is the Paleo Valley Essential C Complex, and they are a whole food based form of vitamin C not synthetic, no GMO corn or anything like that. And I really, really like theirs. Humans are the only mammals that don't make their own vitamin C. So I will actually be getting in my vitamin C every single day through my food, but it can be hard to get in enough of it to meet your needs. And so this is where a supplement can be really, really helpful. Vitamin C literally helps with tissue regeneration, the absorption of iron, the production of collagen. It helps fight oxidative stress. It helps manage manage stress. And if you don't know what oxidative stress is, think about it as like the rusting of your body. So we all need some good old vitamin C. And if you've been spending money and buying a collagen powder, well, vitamin C is necessary for the production of collagen. So you should probably also make sure that you are getting that in as well. And the thing that I really, really love about their vitamin C, Paleo Valley's actually has theirs third-party tested. Vitamin C is a very fragile nutrient, so they use gentle, low temperature methods to dry each of the superfoods to get the vitamin C out of it. And when they test this in third party, it shows that their essential C complex contains 450 milligrams of vitamin C per serving. That makes them the most concentrated source of vitamin C of any natural product on the market. So that is why I use them. They have no fillers, no nothing synthetic. It's literally all organic superfoods. So you will also love them. And the other one that can come in to really help boost your immune system here is the beef organ complex. And these would be amazing to take together. So the Paleo Valley grass-fed organ complex, think about it as the full spectrum of traditional superfoods loaded with nutrients. So they have three different organs in there. They have Um, From pasture-raised grass-fed cows, grass-fed beef liver, grass-fed beef heart, and grass-fed beef kidney. So these are very high in your vitamin Bs, your iron. Um, It has the perfect combination of copper and zinc and phosphorus. Literally, I think, think of beef organs as like your multivitamin. They are some of the most nutrient-dense foods in the world. And it's estimated that 92% of Americans are nutrient deficient and nearly 50% are deficient in vitamin B12, which can lead to issues like vascular disease, stroke, autoimmune conditions, fatigue, etc. And guess what? Vitamin B12 is the only vitamin that you can't get from other plants or sunlight. It's only found in animal products. And the richest source of natural B12 on the planet is ding, 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 grass-fed beef liver. So literally the beef organ complex is, it's a nutrient dense superfood and it's so easy to take in a capsule because I totally get it's kind of disgusting to just eat beef organs. I get it. It's kind of gross. So I'm very thankful that this is encapsulated for me and I can take it that way. Such a great way to support your immune system with this and the vitamin C. And on top of that, both of these contain your cofactors and nutrients that are necessary for your absorption of iodine. And I know that you've heard me talk about that a lot. So 
I can't wait for you to get your hands on these. You can go to paleovalley.com and you can use the code Leah to save 15% on your order. I So this is really interesting. I see something circulating a lot in the holistic space where people will say, um, you can't heal or you can't cure X, Y, Z. You can just manage with lifestyle and supplements and choices versus managing with medication that has side effects. But I kind of disagree with that because I, I mean, in a way you are managing it, but you are reversing it because if you think about a lot of these conditions, they're lifestyle, like we set ourselves up for it, you know? And so 100%, if we go back to the lifestyle that got us the disease, the issues, of course, we're going to redevelop symptoms, because that's how that's how that works. So I really do think that you can, for a lot of these things, I would say for most of them, you can put yourself in full remission, you know, you can live an amazing quality of life but you have to make you have to make some changes and so when people are coming to you um where are they kind of sitting on the spectrum like are they so frustrated with conventional medicine um is this their first tiptoe into functional medicine um do you feel like they're just overwhelmed and they've tried all the things and they just don't know where to go yeah it's interesting so a lot of things to unpack there and, and I'd love to back up to this one because, like you said, I don't like the term manage. We get so many people who are conditioned by Western medicine and their doctors. This is for life. You have this now. There's nothing we can do. Well, classic example, I got a kid in his early 20s, came in to see me. Doctor went, yep, you have IBS. Six months mm-hmm. later, he said, well, now you have IBD. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a progressive issue to me. It can't just come out of nowhere. He's in his 20s. He's healthy. His doctor said, yeah, well, it's because you're Jewish. It's genetic. What? That, yeah. Some bullshit that smells like, right? I'm like, well, okay, but your mom and your dad are both Jewish, so therefore you're Jewish, but their grandparents are also Jewish. Are they more Jewish than you? And so because there's a certain level of Jewishness, they don't have this disease? Like, what a stupid thing to say. Right? So we did the backtracking, took a proper history. Turns out, and this is why I, I want to get to that, you know, heal, treat, manage. He had, he had started a new job in HVAC, right? So he's working in ventilation. Well, he didn't wear his PPE. Two months into starting HVAC, he got IBS, got diagnosed. Six months after that, so eight months into the job, he was diagnosed with IBD. Well, it turns out he has an ochratoxin A infection. He's got a mold infection. Those mycotoxins causes IBD. Mm-hmm. Here we are, a couple of weeks in, boom, symptoms are gone. He feels great. A little bit of colloidal silver and some binders and taking things slow, and he feels great. And so I can't legally use the word cure, treat, or heal. Because those yeah. are actually owned by the pharmaceutical companies. I can get charged with practicing medicine without a license. Um, because they, those are their words. That's what, you know, they, they own those now. Um, but what I can say, this is my loophole, is reverse. Just like you mentioned. We can reverse so, so much back to the root cause. Because it's a progressive process. All these inflammatory things are a progressive yeah. process. Where it's no different, really, than wearing a pair of shoes without socks on and you walk and walk and walk till it blisters, bleeds, and gets raw. The same thing happens in this kid. He got a little bit of a blister that was his IBS. It progressed six months. It got raw. He got IBD. Nobody dealing with Crohn's and colitis just wakes up with it one day. I got a five-year-old MC and same thing. His doctor said, well, he's just got colitis. It's unlucky. Nope. At five? At five. 
I took a GI, a GI map, a stool sample, one of the worst I've ever seen. Like, this doesn't make sense. Did a mycotoxin test, full of mold, right? So it's always a trigger. It's molds, it's heavy metals. I got another girl I'm working with right now. She's in her 30s. The last three years, she had some kind of bladder issue that was appearing to be like a UTI of sorts. Doctors couldn't figure it out. Over three and a half years, three years, give or take, they gave her over 30 different doses of antibiotics. And we wonder why she has colitis now. What? Yeah. And, but that's the thing, is they always have roots. And so what we can and can't say is cure, treat, heal. But even that, I argue, are you in remission or is it actually healed? Right? This is all off the record per se. I got a girl who came in, Crohn's disease, diagnosed a couple of years. Doctor says, take the Intivio, these autoimmune biologics, right? At 12 weeks later, went in for a CT enterography, completely gone, had no issues. It was asinine about this. Her doctor said, well, you still have Crohn's, so I'd like you on the Intivio. She goes, why? I don't have the disease. She goes, well, you have the diagnosis, therefore you have Crohn's, so take the drug. But I have no symptoms. Why do I need it? Well, because you have Crohn's. And it's a secular, like, or a circular one-track mind of take symptoms, <laughs> give diagnosis, give drugs. And it is mm -hmm. so backwards and poisonous, and this is why it's so hard for people. And that's to answer your next question, who comes to see me, really? It's, as, as we'll say, as a business niche, it's the people who are dealing with inflammatory bowel disease, who have tried the drugs, the medications, the processes, are frustrated with their doctors and not getting answers. Mm -hmm. That's who we help, that's who you help. The people mm -hmm. you help are the people who are going through the ringer, are having trouble with the hormones. Oh, it's PCOS, here's a birth control pill. Okay, why do you get PCOS? Is it post-pill? Is it androgen? Is it a cortisol? Like, like what is yeah. causing these issues? And then you plant those seeds and you can help them. And that's where you specialize. Mm -hmm. And it's that's functional medicine at its root. That was a bit of a rant yeah. there, but I think you get the idea. <laughs> no, I, I get that. And I, I always think um, this is just something that's been on my mind for a while recently is it, it's such a double-edged sword because I think we get so frustrated with doctors because we a lot of people want to go through insurance and so they try and go to their doctor but they try and get their doctor to all of a sudden turn holistic and give them lifestyle and nutrition or they get frustrated when he just mm -hmm. advises a pill but that is literally what he is trained in like that is what he's trained in Yes, but then, you know, the catch-22 is that a lot of times you may go to the doctor because you do not want to make the changes that you know you probably need to make. And I see this a lot when people are like, I know I could eat healthier. I know I could, you know, focus on my sleep. I know I could do all of these things, but... I could also take aspirin and not have those headaches right now, mm. you know, until, you know, then your gut just keeps going worse and worse because now you're like getting all the aspirin and you weren't listening to the symptoms. And so, you know, I feel like it also comes with us asking for help or asking in the right places, you know, and we emotionally, mentally, we need to be willing to step up and make those changes. 100%. And there's an accountability issue there. There's a food addiction issue. I mean, look at yeah. the fast food like Doritos. They spent millions and tens of millions in manufacturing their flavors to make them as addictive as possible. So you that buy bliss. Them, right? It's that bliss. It, it, they, they, they put millions of dollars into mm -hmm. getting your brain to light up as much as possible when eating their food. 
And so we have a lot of addiction we have to work against, whether it's like we, we correlate addiction to like methamphetamine or heroin or something else and go, well, that's addiction. Food's different. But there are chemical addictions. Sugar is highly addictive, right? Rat studies show it's more addictive than cocaine, substantially more. And if they're given the option to be hooked on heroin or cocaine or other drugs and given sugar, they pick the sugar, right? So we know it's extremely addictive. Uh, on the other hand, we're not taught. There's no nutrition taught in school. They do teach as a joke. I mean, you saw that presentation brought to the White House that went viral with Joe Rogan and everything where they said Lucky Charms are better for you than steak and eggs. I, I and cannot. So, it's so insane. It's wild. And then there was a bunch of backpedaling going, well, no, we were just displaying the model. No, no, no. That doctor brought it to the White House and said, here's a food <clears throat> model to consider. And so yeah. it's so backwards where I have trouble really I, I like to joke my hairline is here because my tinfoil hat rubs. I, I, uh, <laughs> I like to joke, but it's hard for me to look at it as any other way besides nefarious because yeah. the only way all this adds up is if the pharmaceutical companies are in bed with the food manufacturers who are in bed with the um, mm -hmm. uh, pharmaceutical companies, again, who control medical systems, who are in bed with the insurance companies who pay for the medications and the FDA who approves junk. Why do we need trisodium phosphate in Lucky Charms cereal? They use that in rat poison. Why do we need bromine in, in drinks like Mountain Dew and food colorings, which is used in fire retardants. Why are American foods like beef and pork and milk and all these things banned all over the world, but we go, no, it's fine. Or we take 1500 plus new chemicals every year, put into our food and they get thrown on the GCS or generally considered safe list, tested as individual chemicals, ignoring the 100,000 plus chemicals in our food, the 17,000 different herbicides, pesticides, fungicides and stuff that goes into everything and how they interact. It's impossible. They just push them through because mm -hmm. there's what we call, quote, lobbying, which is just a fancy wealthy word for bribery. <laughs> so our food system is just bastardized and there's so many problems in every way we look. It is. It really is. And I think one of the big things you always hear in, in this category is, oh, it's the dose that makes the poison. It's the dose that makes it bad. And I'm like, well, you're getting that dose in like your lipstick. You're getting it in your makeup and then you're getting it in your pop and then you're getting it in your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner and then the snacks and then you're breathing in X, Y, Z. And now maybe the dose in just your lipstick was considered acceptable for lead, you know, but then now you've got it from so many other sources mm -hmm. that, I mean, it's insane. I They've done studies on literally seeing a difference in um, toxicity levels just by changing out personal care products in as little as a couple weeks. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, but we don't, I don't know, we just keep running the rat race. So when you are looking at all of this, I guess from a gut, a gut perspective, um, where's the first place you kind of, you start digging when they come to you with gut issues? So it depends on the severity. And so I know a lot of people sometimes because I specialize Crohn's colitis, they hear these episodes and go, well, I don't have inflammatory bowel disease. It's not for me. This is a broad spectrum. I look at this, again, like wearing a pair of shoes and out socks, right, that wear and tear to look for some yeah. reasons. It's, it's the same thing where if you're going for a hike and a run, it'll wear and wear and wear on your heel. It gets pink and it's irritated. That is bloat. And then it gets a little bit raw. And now that is IBS. And then it blisters and bleeds, it's IBD. It's a severity spectrum. It either happens very quickly or it happens progressively over many years. And so when I go to look at the roots, the roots are always the same. One, what is actively and currently insulting the area? 
Is it food? Is it stress? Is it nutrition? Is it bacteria issues and dysbiosis? Like we mentioned, mold. Is it parasites? Is it Lyme disease? Is it whatever? We have to go back and find a history. Most doctors, they come in, they look at your symptoms, go, here's your symptom. Therefore, we check the boxes. It's cookbook medicine, right? We put you in this box. That's your diagnosis. With that diagnosis, we give drugs one, two, three, four, five. How many people listening really have been stuck in this area? And I'm sure you've seen it in your practice where my doctor, they say, my doctor doesn't know what's wrong with me. You look at this, you go, obviously this is what's wrong. You're headed towards this disease, but because it doesn't fit in the box, they don't know yeah. what to do because mm-hmm. the treatment is just drugs to mask symptoms. And so when we go back, the history is the exact same. Whether you have a diagnosis or not, we're looking at symptomatology. What are the symptoms? Therefore, what is the dysfunction? We go back and do a history and figure out where it came from. That was a woman in her 60s. Again, IBD, what I do, but we went and found out that it started when she was seven or eight years old. Well, at that time, she was staying in her grandma's house in northern Scotland. It was a log cabin, always wet and damp inside. Again, I'm seeing a lot of mold lately. That's why it's on my brain. infection, right? Or families where one person has, um, you know, go through a family history. It's why it's relevant. Well, your doctor will say, well, IBD runs in your family because your whole family's got it. Well, maybe your whole family has some kind of similar infection that now they have all these problems. And so we just look at the individual and call it genetic, and that's that. But the history is the same. So that's number one. When, why, and how did it start? People come to me all the time, do the same thing they do to their doctor. They go, here are my symptoms, because they're used to going symptoms, diagnosis, drug. So they give me their symptoms and their current history, what drugs are working, what's not. I don't care. That's not relevant to me. What I need to know, when did this start? Like, how severe is it? Sure, that's that's part of it. But when did it start? Now, walk Mm -hmm. me through the one, two, three, four years before this whole thing happened. Let's get a thorough history. Did you notice any instance of bloat? Was it a little bit of dysfunction? Did you have issues since childhood? We go all the way back to whether or not you were breastfed in vaginal birth versus C-section and bottle fed because that lays the foundation for your gut bacteria right there. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, statistically, babies who are strictly bottle fed are twice as likely to die from SIDS as babies who are breastfed. Staggering stats. And that has a lot to do with the bile and the nutrients. And so their whole history from life to current matters to me. Whereas the doctors want to know what are your current symptoms today, here's a drug. And so that's the first place we go is a history. Second is our active insults, what's currently causing the problem. And third is going to be anything else that may be even seemingly irrelevant. Oh, I also have joint pain. Or I also have anxiety. Okay, was your anxiety, like you said, chicken or egg? Did the anxiety yeah. come before the gut? And did it progressively worsen over time? Because then we start there instead. And so it's just building a story and a narrative finding the most likely pathway and pursuing that to see how you respond. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be depressing here, but I also think it's interesting is that when you mentioned it runs in families, like it's insane what parents can pass down to their kids. Like yeah. their, their health at the time of conception is is insane to me. Like literally it blows my mind because you know, there's just no education out there. And I find it so frustrating because adrenal function, you, you can get that from your grandparents, right? You know, that's crazy. And then so often moms put so much stress on themselves. Like I need to do X, Y, Z. I need to be healthy. I need to be healthy. Um, you know, my, my spouse, um, really doesn't care or smokes or drinks or whatever. He is equally He is equally, if not, you know, affecting all of this as well. And I often talk about it takes two to tango. And so, I mean, I think sometimes it can get, 
depressing. You know, and be like, wow, thanks, parents. You set me up phenomenally. But you can break that pattern now and you can, you know, use this knowledge to to change that because, you know, like your podcast, it's reversible. You know, it really is with the correct tools. It really is. You know, it's interesting you bring all that up because you're so right. The health at conception is huge. I mean, our microbes, we used to think of placenta as sterile in utero, but now we know it's teeming with bacteria. And there are a lot of species of animals, humans are starting to do it now, where they actually eat the placenta. Right? So, I mean, there's a lot of nutrients. Yeah, it's gross. I won't do that either. It reminds me of, like, frozen boogers. <laughs> but we talk about the things that get passed on. It goes beyond just genetics. I mean, even autoimmune conditions or diseases that are genetic or have genetic predispositions, <laughs> up to 25% of it's genetic, which means you can have a relatively normal quality of life while managed. You can change 75% of that. But even your bacteria, we get from our mom, who got from her mm-hmm. mom, who got from her mom, all the way back to the dinosaurs, because clearly your ancestors survived being eaten, so your bacteria are here. And so we can trace it back as far in time as we want. And we can see where those issues started to come up. But epigenetics are interesting. And it's something that is not my specialty, but as a quick anecdote for those who might want to look into it. There was a study done on mice and cherry blossom scent. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this one. What they no. did is they had a floor that the cage was electrified and they put cherry blossom smell into the cage. And every time they would, they zapped the mice. Not enough to like maim them, but it's like, yeah. it's like getting pinched, right? Mm-hmm. And it developed a PTSD. And so these mice, every time they would smell cherry blossom without even getting shocked, became extremely triggered, extremely anxious, or stress hormones went through the roof. What was interesting is when these mice were, we'll say scarred or traumatized enough, even their grandbabies that they had, having never smelled cherry blossom or been shocked, got cortisol and anxiety spikes at the smell of cherry blossom. And so we know trauma can be passed down genetically through epigenetics, even though you've never been traumatized yourself. Those grandbabies got traumatized or had anxiety responses from, from this uh, cherry blossom. And so when we look at these things on a grand scale, oh, I love stories. Are you familiar, I'm sure you're very familiar, Leah, with toxoplasmosis? No, you can share more about that. So okay. anybody who's been pregnant may be familiar, had their doctor say, don't touch kitty litter, you know. Be very oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about there. So anybody who's been pregnant will have been told at some point not to go near cats or be careful around cats yeah. and change the kitty litter. But the reason why <laughs> is because they can get an infection called toxoplasmosis. Now, this mm-hmm. is a parasite called Toxoplasma gondii. And Toxoplasma gondii, like all living organisms on Earth, has a prime directive. Its job is to spread, breed, like pass on its genes, like every other living organism on Earth, whether you're a kangaroo, a human, or a whale, it doesn't matter. And so this prime directive, this one little parasite, what it does is it gets into, the, into a mouse because it knows a mouse will be eaten by a cat because it's prime directive to pass on its genes. This parasite lives its best life in the belly of a cat. That's where it can thrive. That's where it's, right? Um, it's pretty nasty. Yeah. <laughs> That's where its best um, uh, environment will be for it to grow. So this parasite is smart enough to know if I get into a mouse, it's going to increase my likelihood of being eaten by a cat, therefore getting into the belly of a cat. But it goes one step further. It's how intelligent these things are. It will actually get into the mouse's brain and burn out the fear center because mice are afraid of cats. They run from cats. They are genetically 
predisposed to being to fearing because they know they're prey animals. So this parasite will get into the brain, burn out the dendrites in the fear center, making it more likely to encounter a cat. But it goes one step further. It can actually rewire that mouse's brain to be sexually attracted to the smell of cat urine. So not only does it not run, but it seeks out cats. So this parasite overrides an entirely autonomous living organism so that it can get to the belly of a cat where it can live its life and pass on its genes. And so take it one step further. Hear these stories about heroes and humans who have, you know, run into a burning building to save a stranger, jump into the street to save a dog yeah. or a cat. Many of them have been tested positive for toxoplasmosis, this toxoplasmic parasite. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because it rewires their brain center? It takes out the fear center. There have been mutterings if you search around. I actually, I, po I did an episode about this in one of my first few episodes of my podcast about this exact story. And there was an article that was explaining the potential that the U.S. military was looking at for toxoplasma to use on soldiers no. to be less afraid of deaths they run into battle more readily. And the reason I bring this up is to highlight this is one parasite, right? Which in your gut, we have 100 trillion bacteria outnumbering them are uh, viruses which outnumber your bacteria about 35 to 1 teeming with fungi and parasites so we have hundreds of trillions of organisms in our belly if one toxoplasma parasite can do that much and override an entirely autonomous not only a mouse but a human being imagine what a hundred trillion bacteria could do for you if they're in harmony and they're doing what they should be doing or what they could do to you if they're imbalanced it's really quite shocking yeah. And also, you know, what I think's crazy is that the U.S. is like the only place that doesn't regularly um, pay attention to parasite cleanses. You know, I think that's crazy. But then also the other part is I do think they're picking up steam and then people are just trying to do parasite cleanses without setting themselves up properly. And they have horrible, horrible side effects. Like so, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was really a disgusting story. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> now I'm like, all those people were like, you're a hero. Now everyone's going to be thinking, but do you also have a parasite? Yeah, you're patient zero. Like, I've seen The Last of Us. It starts with you. <laughs> yeah, dang, that's insane. Okay, so what are some of your favorite things to do with people with gut issues? You know, now that you, you know, figure out, what what are some things? I know we can't dive into supplementation and everything because that's so individual, but what are some lifestyle things that you just go hands down, you need to be doing this? It's interesting. So number one thing, across the board, when I get anybody who, especially in IBD, right, that severity, there's so many, they're so often told, well, it's autoimmune, there's nothing you can do. In my experience, very few are truly autoimmune. They can be very easily reversed. They haven't hit that severity spectrum of it actually being autoimmune. In fact, in my lectures that I do for the Priority Health Academy, is I recently did a lecture on this saying, like, we should actually stop blurring the lines from IBS to IBD. Talk about how they're more similar. We spent 30, 40 years trying to separate them and say, look how different they are. In a Venn diagram, they're identical. It's just a severity spectrum. So bringing it back to like the, the work of Dr. Amy Myers talking about the autoimmune spectrum, we can see where they land. If they're not a full 10 out of 10 yet, you don't actually have the antibodies. We're just saying you fit the box, therefore you're autoimmune. We're not testing for actual antibodies. We're not checking for actual cellular issues, T cells and B cells and T reg cells and seeing really what's going on. We're just going, here are your symptoms. That's your diagnosis. Therefore, you're autoimmune. What if you're a 3 out of 10? You got some blood, you got some bloat, you got some pain. 
right? So when we talk about these, I always treat everyone as if it would be autoimmune, but I see this maybe one in 20, where it's truly autoimmune, we need an integrative approach, like you know, drugs mm -hmm. like low-dose naltrexone or, or something else. Uh, but number one thing is a toxicological profile. And so what I'll have them do is go through and check their home. This is, this is part of my course. It's check your home, check your carpets, clean your shit. Like take a profile, mm -hmm. write down every ingredient and count them out. The average woman puts something like 168 chemicals on her body every day through perfumes and soaps and shampoos and you know makeups. The average man is somewhere between you know 80-ish, give or take chemicals, deodorants and colognes and all that. So number one, get rid of all the toxins in your home. <laughs> Candles, artificial scents. I wash my hair with baking soda. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah, it seems a little bit like, ooh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great detergent. In fact, if I leave it in too long, my hair strips and it's like, like I can feel it when I dry. And so I'll grab a tablespoon of baking soda and just like rub it in my scalp, let it sit for 20 seconds, rinse it out, clean as a whistle. I don't use chemicals, right? And so we can strip our hair with all kinds of stuff. But the point being, yeah. there are plenty of good alternatives that we can use. They're just yeah. inconvenient or they don't smell as nice. They're not our comforts. Mm -hmm. So one, toxic profile. Number two, we all know, like you mentioned earlier, we all know I should be eating better. I shouldn't be eating fast yeah. food. I shouldn't be drinking. So I don't want to harp on that. You guys already know what you're supposed to do. So just do that, right? Be adults about it. But on the other hand, nobody really talks about or few people talk about how we are eating, right? So are we chewing our food? Are we stimulating digestive processes like peristalsis, that milking of food through the GI tract? Are you dashboard dining? Classic example, we all know the mom with three, four, five kids runs into soccer, shoves food in her face just so her belly is settled. But what we're not doing, we're not breathing, we're not handling our food, we're not preparing it, we're not cutting it, we're not cooking it. Think, you think about food, think about the most delicious thing, your favorite meal, whether it's something sour, whether it's a nice juicy steak, whether, I used to love beef stroganoff, it makes you salivate because your body yep. is actively turning on and preparing your digestive mechanisms. If you're dashboard dining, running, swallowing like a pelican in one big swoop, right? We're not stimulating digestion. We're not producing stomach acid. We're not producing digestive enzymes. Our peristalsis is at a halt. We're not gonna break down, digest, and absorb. So what we need to do instead, even if you're running the kids around, sometimes you're better off just not eating because those huge pieces of food going through can really irritate stuff, which can cause inflammation and cause problems. On the other hand, if you have the luxury to sit, take a couple of breaths, even if you got kids screaming in the back, you know, get a little water gun, shoot him in the face like you do a dog who's barking, and just get the kids to just chill. Take a couple of breaths. Do you have kids? I have to ask. I have a wiener dog. He's like having fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll come back to this <laughs> from a mom's perspective. <laughs> I have the middle of five boys plus two, two stepbrothers. We had seven of us in the house growing up. Um, I know moms are superheroes, but I don't have a uterus, so I, I'm a little bit partial in my, my opinions. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of things we have to do. And yeah. just taking a second to breathe, simply taking a second to pause yeah. and allowing your body chewing. So many of us just mm -hmm. three, four bites, get it down enough to be able to swallow, but we don't chew properly. And so they yeah. all make big differences. And there's a lot of times, most people having digestive issues, I'll even put them on a basic digestive enzyme. It's very, mm -hmm. very common um, just to help support the poor digestion we already have. So there's a lot yeah. of things to look at, but basic toxins and basic how yeah. is a big one to cover. Yeah. So 
I actually want to come back to this mom thing really quick because I do see this a lot and it's one of the big things I see um, is I always have somebody do an audit when we first start, like do an audit for one week, just literally write down in the notes section of your phone or take a picture every time you eat, just so you know. And it's mind blowing to me the amount of um, moms and they'll come back and they'll say, so I eat my kids leftovers. I actually think I'm eating lunch, but I'm just kind of like nibbling at what they don't finish on their plate. And I grab something and I'm taking it on the go and then I don't really know what to make for dinner and like it's not as healthy as I want it to be so then I just don't really eat anything. And then we head into this, your adrenals aren't getting nourished, you aren't even eating enough food to nourish your hormones at all and we end up with so many, um, so many things, so many side effects and I, and I, I know that it's so easy to just be like, I don't have time. I don't have time, but you have to make time. Like that is my, it's literally, you have to make time, whether that means you ask for help, um, whether you have to set aside time during the week to do your most hated thing, which is meal prep. Um, but you, you have to flex. I can hear my kids like dropping the blocks up there and be like, Maddie, um, they need to be quiet. <laughs> um, so, you know, they, you, you have to make time because it's so easy to just say, I don't have time. I'm, I'll, I'll do that when X, Y, Z is done. But you know what? Something else will take that, will take that space. When you finish one project, you're going to start another and you have to make time. So I really encourage you guys to take what Josh said to heart, like really, you know, we have to sit. We have to sit and eat our food. We have to chew it. You have to eat, you know, basics. Put a, an interesting anecdote in there. Now, again, I don't have kids. So this is information that everything is nice in theory. I mean, communism is nice in theory, but it sucks in yeah. reality, right? And so a lot of these things don't always line up. But these are from experts who have dealt with this stuff, who have had the luxury of speaking to, and the information they've talked about is responsibility in the home, right? Moms do everything they are super they're innately just wired to do those things more than men are that's just how we are wired right as a biological species i know culture today hates that but that's just the facts but the idea is look at other cultures around the world right you look at a lot of people in indigenous tribes and cultures who live in you know mud huts still which first of all is beautiful if we could do one here i would um but the idea is that kids by four years old are helping in the kitchen. They're helping mm -hmm. cook and gather. And we just have such a different growth and expectation of kids and their true ability, their maturity. Yeah. Now. We look at kids who are very mature, who are very intelligent, very well-spoken and go, wow, what an anomaly. It's really not. It's a different raising. It's a different environment, a different household, a different expectation from early on. Yeah. And yes, there are some other issues. Kids have ADHD and all kinds of things. But again, that's nutrition and chemicals and whatever else for the mm -hmm. most part. And so a lot of these places, these cultures, they put responsibilities on the kids. They put expectations on the kids. So instead of the mom governing five kids under 12 years old, the 12 year old and the 10 year old are managing the seven, five and two year old because mm -hmm. they are mature enough. And, and so there are different expectations that can be set. Kids are far more capable than we think. But as a mm -hmm. prime example for this, you know, um, my wife's cousin, she's a preschool teacher and she was saying that she gets kids because she does preschool all the time, mm -hmm. kids coming in and like, I need help with my snowsuit. I can't do this. I can't do that. She's like, well, you're going to have to learn. 
because mm-hmm. mom and dad or grandma, whoever comes in, they come in, they dress them, they hold them, and they take their, these kids can't even put their backpacks on by themselves because they've never had to because we do so mm-hmm. much for them. And there's something to be said for just sitting there and go, okay, mm-hmm. come luck, like figure it out. You know, it's, I, I like to joke, I, I became a man, age, age five, I wanna say, I have a very distinct memory, age four, age five, where I was in the bath, I got shampoo in my eyes, and I'm crying. My mom goes, you have to open your eye and put it under the water. And I was like, no, it burns. I don't want, it's very scary, right? Wah, wah, wah. And she's like, well, this is what you have to do. And she walked me through it. And then most parents would, you know, coddle and coddle and, you know, maybe worst case, take them to the hospital. Their eyes are burning. My mom looked at me. She said, this is what you have to do. I can't help you. She got up and she walked away. And then right then I'm like, oh shit, I'm on my own. Okay, and so I toughed it out, <laughs> big boy, and I opened my eye, and I turned on the tap and rinsed it out, and I went, that's better now, and <laughs> problem solved, and that was the day I became a man, <laughs> and so sometimes these hard experiences have to be done, something as benign as soap in my eye, but like, figure shit out, and mm-hmm. that can sometimes give parents the latitude they need for their, to, to do what they need to do as well. Yeah. I know your mom had a lot of boys. I had six brothers, so yeah, oh, that's... Mizzou's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it's so funny. My oldest, Landon, has this, his favorite saying where you ask him to do something and he goes, mm, can you do that, mom? Because you're the best at it. And I'm like, well, you know how I became the best? It's because I practiced. <laughs> Can't bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So how can the people find you? Tell us about where your podcast is, Instagram, all the things. Sure. Yeah. If you guys want to reach me, best way, um, give you one link. You can find everything you need through there. Uh, best way is through reversiblepod.com. That's my podcast, Reversible, the ultimate gut health podcast. And that website is spelled reverse able, A-B-L-E. Great play on words. Looks cool to the eye. Hard to explain speaking. Um, Reversiblepod.com. There's a contact form. You can check out the the podcast through there. It's all about the gut. It's about different aspects in our world that affect our gut and how our gut affects our world. We talk about farming and stress and, um, you know, food and food quality and diseases and specifics around gut health as well. Um, We also do an interview every single week. We have an expert come on, Stephen Gundry, William Lee, some of the best of the best in the world to talk about how our guts influence our lives and vice versa. And then once a week, we also do a short episode. If you guys want me to answer a question, submit a question to the website and uh, we can go from there and make an episode, quick 10, 15 minute or every week release for our listeners to answer their questions directly Um, through that website as well. If you guys have Crohn's and colitis, you need help. You can of course reach out and see what it's like. We can pop on a call and see if it's a good fit, see if we have the tools to help. And all that can of course be found at reverseablepod.com or again through the Reversible, the Ultimate Gut Health Podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.